Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant. Welcome to Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, where I'm taking you back to where it all began. Making in my heart. And on this episode, I'm going to go roll over Zoom and talk to my special friend of over 50 years, Honey Tree. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> so good to have you on board. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you today. Of course, I was intrigued by the name Honey Tree. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it's a, you know, a way that they say Henning Baum in German, right? 
Right, Hennigbaum was my maiden name, and that's German for honey tree. <laughs> that's where well, my, it was my hippie name. You haven't changed. You're still here. <laughs> I guess. So am I. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on the program because I play so many of your songs, and there's just too many songs to play on in a one-hour show. So there's so many things I'd love to talk about. I guess I would ask, were you raised in a Christian home or you found the Lord? But I know you were very, very involved in one of the very first Christian coffee houses in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Is that right? Yes, Adam's Apple. And I came to know the Lord through the young people that started the Adam's Apple. I, I got saved just shortly before the coffee house opened. But you asked if I was raised in a Christian home. I Yes, in a sense I was. I was raised in a very musical home. Uh, my parents were both classical musicians. My dad was a violinist and a conductor. My mom was a violist and a violinist, and they made their living in classical music. So I was surrounded by music, and my two sisters played violin, and I played cello. So we had our own family string quintet, and it was awesome. And then I started playing guitar as a kid through my mother's influence, just learned from all my friends and, and everybody uh, as I went along. But um, she raised me to be Episcopalian, but I really got saved. I really received Christ as my savior through the Jesus Movement in 1970. That's a long time ago, uh, older than this radio show. This program actually started in 1972, and the Jesus Movement had uh, been happening for a couple of years on the West Coast and then got over into the Midwest. and. As I told you, you were the very first person I brought in concert to a Jesus People coffee house right there on the Strip in Carbondale, Illinois, the home of Southern Illinois University. The first one. That's awesome. You know, I seem to have that privilege now and then where the Lord will let me be the first Jesus music person to, to be somewhere. What a great honor. I can't I can't think of anything. I'd rather, you know, be pioneering than Jesus music for sure. Well, of course, at the time, we didn't realize that we were pioneering anything. We were just happy that we had found Jesus and we knew he loved us. And a lot of your songs, one in particular that I always played is because uh, I remember one time Pat Boone was on the Johnny Carson show. Johnny Carson was giving Pat Boone a bit of a, a you know a joke or two about his his faith in Christ and how he was squeaky clean, you know, yeah. wear white buck shoes and all that, right? And, and drink milk at night, all those mm -hmm. kind of things. And Johnny was not prepared for the response. Uh, he says, "Well, at least when I go to bed at night, I feel clean." Wow. He had no response. He had no response. Clean before my Lord I stand And in me not one blemish does he see When I place all my burdens on From me Why did I wait so long To learn such a living song 
And you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, the classic Jesus music radio show, taking a look back to where it all began. Clean Before My Lord, Nancy yeah. Honeytree, mm-hmm. on her very first album in 1973. That song still touches me because, you know, I think all the things we've done all of our years to try to please God is because we wanted him to accept us and we wanted to be clean. And that very first album, that was a song that was a, a real statement about, hey, I'm not perfect, but I know this, I'm clean before the Lord. How can you say it any better than that? Had to play that one on the show. Just came out of your newly found intimacy with Jesus, right? It did. It was the second song that I wrote after I became a Christian. The first one was called Only God, and the second one was Clean Before My Lord. It was very Carol King-ish in its feeling and chord progressions and stuff, but I think it just flowed. I don't remember anything specifically happening. I think it was just like a flow of consciousness. It felt so good to be clean, not hiding anything, not afraid, just happy and content in the Lord and clean. It was just amazing. And people would pay almost anything to know they could feel clean. And it's Mm -hmm. absolutely a free gift from Jesus. Is that right that you started out with Murr Records? Mm -hmm. That's pretty significant that you had uh, a company like Murr come along and then you were on their label a lot, weren't you? I was. What a great privilege. That record that has Clean Before My Lord that's just called Honey Tree, that was a custom album. My pastor, my associate pastor, Paul Pano, borrowed $2,500 and we went to Nashville and we had a three days with... I don't remember the name of the studio, but the the guys were Oak Ridge Boys band members. Joe Muscao was the pianist, and 
I sang them my songs and they wrote down the numbers and we sat and played it and the red light went on and it was pretty raw. We ended up with an album. It was accepted by Word and that was that involved Andre Crouch. He used to come to our church and bring, you know, the his band and sing the, the disciples, you know, and we loved them and him. He was always encouraging and helpful to other musicians. He and uh, Pastor Paul went to a CBA convention with a bunch of Honey Tree albums under their arm and were handing them to everybody. And Paul Baker uh, of a radio station in Texas said, Andre, can I interview you? And Andre said, only if you play Honey Tree songs while you're interviewing me. <laughs> and so Paul Baker enjoyed it. He enjoyed the album. And later on, Paul Baker went into the office of Billy Ray Hearn at Word in Waco, at the Murr, you know, the Murr office. And he saw my album on the top of a stack of albums on his credenza behind his desk. <laughs> and he said, have you listened to that yet? And Billy said, no, I mean, he had a whole stack of them, you know. And within just a few days, I had a, a contract on word music that lasted for, I think, the next six or seven albums. That's the other part of the show I love. We find out all these details of things that yeah. I didn't know. Uh, because Paul Baker is my spiritual father in radio, I went to that same studio in Texas, yeah. and he encouraged me to start my radio program 50 years Praise ago. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and he's a good brother. I was in his wedding, so uh, we wow. have a great connection there. It is a small world, mm -hmm. a big kingdom, as they say. There's many songs I'd love to just ask how they started out and how it journey, but one in particular I love is uh, kind of your story to song of traveling around the country. It's only right. That song I played because at the time it was a good description of what you were doing, just traveling with a couple guys in a band mm -hmm. and doing mm -hmm. concerts. How did that all start when you started the tour? Well, you know, I, I got saved here in Fort Wayne and I was part of the staff of the Adam's Apple Coffee House. I didn't go out on the road right away. I think that was the wisdom of God. I just had a good church and a good fellowship. I was getting discipled in the Word. I worked in the behind the scenes of many concerts. We had concerts every Friday night. So we were hosting Larry Norman, Phil Kagey, Second Chapter of Acts, Malcolm and Alwyn, Pat Terry Group. And uh, plus we did a lot of outreach. We, we printed thousands of newspapers called Hardcore that were evangelistic and we passed them out. They were hippie artwork and hippie language, but the gospel message. I had a secretarial job to support this ministry. Plus, I was learning how to be a music minister. I was leading worship. I was testing out my songs with the audience. And then I was starting to do little coffee house gigs like the one that you organized. After Word picked up my album, there was a lot of radio play. And so I started getting invited to go and sing all over the place. I mean, I've sung in every fifth, in every one of the 50 states. I've sung in 37 countries, you know. So at first, it really made sense for me to have a little band. You know, we traveled in a van. We carried our little sound system and instruments and suitcases and crammed all into a little van and traveled all over the place, all the way out to California and back. And 
a lot of uh, uh, memories of being on the road with those guys. And then, so that was, you know, when I wrote It's Only Right, the first line is traveling with the three-man band, singing every place I can. I've got a burning desire to sing my song. I used to open up almost every concert with that. It's only right. And if you've just tuned in, my special guest was called the First Lady of the Jesus Movement. Now, I'm talking about the Jesus Revolution of the late 60s and early 70s. And on our Zoom interview, I asked her how she felt about that title. Well, you know, it, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, because there, it's not like I was married to the president of Jesus Music or anything. I mean, it, it was kind of just a label that people made up, but because there was no actual position. But I would say that 
There were just a few solo Christian artists that were women, and I was one of them. So maybe, maybe I was thought of as the senior one or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, I'm thankful to be a pioneer of Jesus music. I believe that is correct. I am one of the people who got saved in the 70s and uh, started, you know, writing whatever kind of music came out of us. In truth, we never intended being part of a Jesus movement or CCM music. It just all evolved out of our yeah. relationship with Christ. One thing I've noticed, and the reason I play a lot of these songs, they're so simple, and yet they're so direct about our love for Jesus, and He's always in the picture. You don't have to guess who am I singing about here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not about a relationship with somebody you had a bad experience with. We're talking about a faithful one, and uh, I think this is a great time to play that song. That Well, it's a simple song. songs you didn't have to have a, a lot of theology because at the time we didn't really know a whole lot of theology did we no we really didn't we just knew we were saved and we knew jesus was in our heart and we wanted everybody to have jesus in their heart no exceptions we wanted everybody to <laughs> and so we launched out to sing about it and tell about it and give uh, tracts out on the street about it and whatever you know I mean, we were Jesus freaks because all we could think about and talk about 
was Jesus. He was really enough. And some of the people that God used, you would never expected him to use somebody like a Lonnie Frisbee or some long-haired, stringy person living in a van, you know. And and, and yet um, he would take, well, this one song I remember, Diamond in the Rough. He would take oh. the most unlikely people. And of course, you see that in the New Testament with the early disciples. And then he would work them over and chip away the edges and polish him up as a gem. Is that how you got that song? Where did that come from? For me, a lot of my early experience as a Christian had to do with inner healing from feeling very inferior. They're not really liking myself and being amazed at the love of Jesus, that he not only loved me, but liked me and wanted me to hang around, you know, and be one of the gang. That did such a healing in me. Uh, and when I started writing songs that were so personal, and people could relate to them, that continued that healing in me that it just encouraged me to dare to pretensions or, so really I think I was just trying to express, keep going, don't give up, don't despair. You are this person, you are beautifully, fearfully and wonderfully made and you know, you need to shine, you're gonna shine.
this is Honey Tree, and you're listening to the very best of classic Christian music with Jerry Bryant. recorded it first. He gave me permission to. I I think, um, I'm not sure how Billy Ray Hearn of Murr got a hold of it even. I should find that out somehow. When I was getting ready to make Evergreen, the Evergreen album, I mean, 
Billy Ray said to me, I want you to listen to this song and I think you could do it. And we have permission from Larry that you can go ahead and do it even before he does. And so that's why the song was was associated with me because Phil Kagi got in on the beautiful arrangement we did. He was in the foundation of that beautiful arrangement. And then Bergen White wrote the strings and um, the vocals and everything, uh, background vocals. I don't remember whether we had background vocals on that, actually, maybe not. But it was just a beautiful arrangement. Went everywhere and touched lots of people because it is a great song. If I had to pick one song that was the epitome of Jesus music, it would be I Am a Servant by Larry Norman. I think it's interesting how Evergreen evolved into really a beautiful project, of course. Oh, yeah. Bill Keggy played guitar on it. Mm -hmm. He used to live in Youngstown, Ohio, and we were in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. So we could get him about every three months or so to come over and do a concert. In the afternoon, He would we would be in the office together getting ready for the concert that night and we would get out our guitars and he was interested in what I was writing and he was helping me expand my guitar playing. He taught me how to play Lovely Jesus, which he wrote and wanted it to have a female vocal and uh, that expanded my guitar playing so that when uh, Billy Ray knew that we were getting ready to do the Evergreen album, he said, well, why don't you and Phil start out by just putting together the arrangements together, just with the guitars, and then when you come into the studio, we'll be more ready to go. And so that's what happened. So he affected those arrangements from the very beginning, before we even got into the studio. And then he was there and did the guitars with me, you know, so it's very Phil-like, you know, so much of it. It's just beautiful. And it seemed to me at times it was ahead of its time back in 1975. Uh, Jesus music was really coming into its own, and Murr Records recognized that. And of course, the master himself, Bill Keggy playing on it, and helping mm-hmm. with a lot of the arrangement. And you know, we can't thank Billy Ray Hearn enough for having a vision. Oh, to, I know. To embrace early CCM. This comes with a cost. A lot of uh, brothers and sisters I've walked with over these last 50 years put their own personal plans on hold as far as marriage and different things that they would have done, but they heard a clarion cry, come follow me, and they lay their life down for him. But in his timing, he does resurrect our dreams and our hopes, and Evie waited a while to be married. You waited a while to be married. There's a song that we want to talk about that I think is probably the one you use a lot to help people going through dark seasons of their life and it gives them hope to realize God's always good and he's always up to something good. You had a couple of personal sad things that you've walked through, one with a a child, isn't that right? Yes, I had an infant boy that died two hours after birth. His name was John Richard Miller VIII. Oh, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah, after my husband, J.R. John Richard, we called him J.R. Miller. He was the seventh John Richard Miller in a row. A child of destiny. Yeah. And so uh, we were excited when we were carrying a baby, but we found out during the pregnancy that he had chromosome defects. He had a triple 18th chromosome, which causes severe birth defects. I had written the year before a very, which seemed to me a very happy-go-lucky song called Up to Something Good. 
One of the remarkable things about that song was that it had been translated to Spanish by some missionary friends of ours and taken to Mexico and became a very popular song in their churches. It's a song that paraphrases Romans 8:28, for we know that God causes all things to work together for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. To me, it was just happy, and I was just glad that I'd written something that could cross cultures. When we found out that our baby was not expected to live, my friend called me, and she just said, what's happening? I just have this strong feeling I was supposed to call you. And I told her what the doctors had told us, and she just began to sing, and she sang up to something good while I just cried and cried. And so my own song was coming back to really tell me what it was all about, that this is something when you're in a crisis, you can hold on to this, that you don't understand, but God is going to do something good. I'm going to believe that you are up to something
And then uh, the Lord provided for us to adopt an infant boy three months later, which I was able to breastfeed because of the timing of it all. And so God did something so supernaturally timed and good through the whole thing. And uh, that testimony and that song has gone all over the world, ministering to people. And it pops up in their mind when they're in a crisis to believe that God is up to something good. So it's just amazing. Oh, it's true, Nancy. We serve an amazing God. So on this episode, my special guest, is a true pioneer of early Jesus music, Honey Tree. And we were both there when the Jesus Revolution started over 50 years ago. These songs from Honey Tree will give you a taste of how it happened. Also, there's a great movie, Jesus Revolution, that's touched so many. It'll also give you a quite accurate account of what happened at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California with Pastor Chuck Smith. And a most unusual Jesus freak, well, that's what they called us back then, Lonnie Frisbee. We were walking it out during the time when God's Holy Spirit and His amazing love fell on us from heaven, and we couldn't escape. Will God do it again, as He promised? What do you think? I'll continue my conversation on Zoom with Honey Tree. But first, let me tell those who may have tuned in for the first time why I do this radio show with almost 287 hours of Jesus music, stories, interviews. Well, it's so that you can see where today's contemporary Christian music came from. And I've been playing the music over 50 years from back to where it all began on over 100 radio stations and now internet sites all over the web. I'd love to encourage you to go to my site www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com Listen to as many episodes as you can. Full Circle Jesus Music. Don't leave out the Jesus. Fullcirclejesusmusic.com I'm listener supported. I need your prayers, your financial support, and all support you send one time or automatic monthly. Tax exempt. And it'll be used only for keeping Jesus Music coming your way. I'm so grateful you've taken the time to walk this journey with me. Thanks. Now tell me about the new song. Well, in English, it's called Walk With Me. I wrote it in Spanish originally, Acompáñame, which you can kind of hear accompany me, Acompáñame, but I call it Walk With Me in English. And it's about grief recovery, how God is the one who heals our broken hearts when we have loss. and um, But we can walk alongside with each other in the valley, and that is what the Lord wants to do. He According to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, He's the God of all consolation. He, he consoles us and comforts us in all our tribulations so that we will be able to reach out to people that are in any affliction with the comfort that we've received from God. So that's what the song is about. It's the first song that I've been able to write since my husband died in 2018. So I'm very excited about it and thankful. me cause I can't see the way to go blind 
tainted by tears in this valley of shadows. I'm not asking you to explain the reason for my loss and pain. Just take me by the hand. Take my You're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Classic Jesus music, looking back to where it all began. So, if you've been listening, you know I've been talking with Honey Tree, a pioneer of early Jesus music. And I'm so grateful she allowed me to share those early stories of the days of Jesus music. We were both there in that amazing Jesus music era that touched our generation, our music, and God is doing it again. So if you want to reach Honey Tree, it's easy. Go to Honey Tree at HoneyTree.org. HoneyTree at HoneyTree.org. But I can't leave without playing this last song that so describes the example that Honey Tree has been to so many of us. Our friend, Rebecca Friedlander, had a lot to do with this last song, Rebecca is an amazing producer of songs, CDs, and books. 
She's also a brilliant filmmaker, has numerous video projects, podcasts, and videocasts on the web, and has an iconic refuge retreat cabin in Northeast Texas. Well, Rebecca produced a mentoring film on early pioneers of Jesus music. It's a project you'll want to check out. Go to www.rebeccafriedlander.com forward slash pioneers. Let's go back to the Zoom call where I ask Honey Tree about the project Pioneers. The Pioneers DVD by Rebecca Friedlander is so brilliant. She takes questions from new uh, Christian artists that are seeking to improve their craft but want to stay straight ahead with the Lord. Each question was answered by a different Jesus music pioneer, as such as Annie Herring, Matt Ward, David Meese, many others, and myself. And, and also she did a song video for each one of the Jesus Music Pioneers that she had on this DVD. So that's how I got my Pioneers Pioneer video, which is so beautiful. And Rebecca Friedlander is the, the videographer. And it's a great way to end the show because we want to encourage other Pioneers to do what God has put in their hearts to do. How did you meet Rebecca? Rebecca just reached out to me. She had this great idea and found out how to get a hold of me and asked if I would be interested. And I was, you know, I thought it was a great idea that she was, she had for a a film project that it would be very discipling for young musicians or anybody. Also, you know, she was willing to come and and she stayed in my home with me and JR. And, you know, she's a potter and just a a woman of of many talents. And we filmed uh, the question that was put to me was, how can I keep my music pure? Which was such a fascinating question. And uh, and then she filmed Pioneer video. So we became friends. We've been working together on other projects ever since. But the song Pioneer, I really wrote with one particular thought in mind is that I was grateful to be considered a pioneer of Jesus music, along with the greats like Barry Maguire and Larry Norman and John Fisher and uh, Randy Matthews and Love Song and, you know, on and on, Jamie Owens Collins. And I just am grateful. I mean, I, I those people were legendary to me as a young Christian from the Midwest. And then all of a sudden I started seeing my name in a line of a lineup with (laughs) these people. And uh, it was amazing and such a privilege. And I think uh, I wrote the song just celebrating that, but somehow as I was writing it, so much more came out. I mean, the, the anguish that you go through when the whole world is rolling on greater speeds, bigger and better and faster than you, and leaving you behind and not remembering who you were. That whole phenomenon came out in that song. I didn't really, you know, mean for that to happen, right? But it did. And then just the 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 admonishment is: you are you're supposed to go through the wilderness. You're not supposed to be the person who receives the big reward. You're supposed to plow through the uncharted territory, and that is still your calling. 
So just dry your tears and, and look, go forward, you know. So that, 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 all of that was in that song. And I found as it applied itself, that it was very much the song of missionaries. YWAM wanted it, Wycliffe Bible translators wanted to use it. You know, it's, it's a song for missionaries. I, I know a man that is a missionary in Romania who moved his whole family to be missionaries after listening to that song. And there, he's a church planter in Romania making a huge impact. That isn't me, that's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> working. Father 
for my special guest, Honey Tree. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.